We're going to be learning in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim Levi the second piece in Hilchus Mikvos. This is Parak Tes Halacha Tes. And in this piece, Rab Chaim develops a very important distinction between two types of mikvah. A Mayan, spring water, versus a regular mikvah, which is Ashboren, that the water is collected together in a pit. So this chapter of the Rambam, he's going through the different levels of water that purify. And he differentiates between these two key types of mikvah. The Spring versus mikvah gathered water. Now, there's some major differences because the spring water does not need a minimum measurement of 40 saw, whereas the mikvah water does. And the spring water also purifies even if it's zochalin, even if it's flowing, whereas the mikvah water has to be ashboren, it has to be gathered together. If it's moving, it disqualifies the mikvah from purifying. So Rab Chaim's going to explain the conceptual distinction between these two types of purifying waters. The Rambam writes, Mayan of If there's a Mayan, a river, and the water leaves and goes into a shokas, which is a stone vessel, so it's like a pipe. So the water from the river travels through this stone pipe. And then the water leaves the pipe and it's flowing outwards. So the Rambam rules, All the water in the shokas, in the stone vessel, as well as outside of it, is all disqualified from purifying. So none of the water in the shokas or that came out is able to purify someone. Now this halacha comes from the Mishnah in the fifth chapter of Mikvaos. But Rab Chaim asks that the Rambam seems to add in an unnecessary word to this halacha. The reason why the water in the shokas is invalid from being a mikvah is because it's she'uvin. Any water that goes into a vessel is now invalidated for being mikvah water. So this water traveled through a stone vessel, so it's no longer eligible for mikvah water even once it leaves the stone vessel. Now, the Rambam seems to imply that the problem with the water is vinizchalin, that it's flowing, it's moving water, it's not ashboren, and in order for it to be considered mikvah water, it has to be collected and not moving. So the Rambam attributes the problem not to she'uvin, that the water was in a vessel, but to zochalin, that the water is not collected together, ashboren, but rather it's still moving. And mikvah water, which is moving, is invalid. Only mayan, a spring that has moving water, is still valid as a mikvah. So the Rambam seems to be attributing the problem in this case to a different issue of zochalin rather than she'uvin. Now, to say that in fact the Rambam holds this water is not totally invalidated forevermore. So that would mean if the water is collected together in a mikvah style, so now it's ashboren, all the water is gathered in one hole, so then it maybe would be a good mikvah. So in fact, the only problem is zochalin if the water is moving, not the fact that it was in a vessel. So Rab Chaim says that cannot be because the language of the Mishnah is clear that this water is totally invalidated forevermore, even if it's then gathered together. Because the Mishnah in the next case says that the water becomes like mikvah water, whereas in this case it calls it psulin, that it's invalid. So it sounds like it's not even a mikvah, even if it's collected together. And the Rambam himself in the next halacha, halacha yud, indicates this because he rules mayon shemeim of nimshachin al gav kelim shein lahem beis kibul. In a case where the water from the river traveled over a vessel that doesn't have a holding area. So there the Rambam rules that the water
water becomes like mikvah water, meaning if it's gathered together, so then it's a valid mikvah. So it sounds like the Rambam is differentiating if the vessel has a base kibble, a holding area, versus if it doesn't. If there's no holding area, so that does not totally invalidate the water, even though the water is no longer considered spring water, so if it's actually traveling, it's not valid as a mikvah. But if the water is gathered together, it's not considered she'uvin, it's considered natural water that was now gathered together. So that becomes a valid mikvah, but only because there was no base kibble. If there would be a holding area in the vessel like the shokes, so that totally invalidates the water. Even once it's gathered together, it's not considered a valid mikvah because it's she'uvin. So if so, in this halacha, why did the Rambam specify that only if it's moving, the water is not a valid mikvah? Even if it's ashboren, it's not a valid mikvah. So to answer this, Rab Chaim begins with the question of the Rosh in his commentary on the Mishnah. He asks, why should the water be a problem when it goes through the shokas at all, since it's still connected to the water in the Mayan? So even though some of the water is in a vessel, but that water is still connected to the water which is in the Mayan, so that connection should make all the water even in the shokas, valid as mikvah water. So the Rash answers, this problem is drabanan. On a Torah level, this would all be a good mikvah. It's all considered Mayan water. But the rabbis instituted that the water in the shokas is invalid. So now Rab Chaim suggests another answer to this question within the Rambam's view. The Rambam in the previous chapter, Ches Ches, writes, Gimel Gumos Shebenachal, if there's a canal sloping downwards and it has three big pits in it. The bottom one and the top pit both each only hold 20 saw, so they are not valid as a mikvah, but the middle pit holds 40 saw, so it is a valid mikvah. And there's rainwater running down the slope of the canal. So theoretically, this water is combining all three holes together, so they all become a valid mikvah. Says the Rambam, even though the water running down the slope is connecting the water in the three pits together, it does not combine all the waters together. Because flowing water does not combine water together unless it stands still. So here the Rambam tells us a principle that flowing water does not combine water. Only standing still, Ashboren water combines water together. So based on this, says Rab Chaim, we could explain why the Rambam interpreted the case of the Mishnah where the spring water flows through the shokes, that it has to be flowing, moving water, not standing still water, due to the question of the Rash. The Rash asked, why isn't the water in the shokes connected to the water in the Mayan? So the Rambam answered that by saying it's flowing water. If the water would be standing still, then there would be a connection between the Mayan water and the shokas water and it would all be purifying water so it would work like a mikvah based on the rule of mayan but that's only if the water is standing still says the rambam in this case the water is flowing so the water in the shokas does not connect to the water in the mayan so that's why it's invalid
validated. So that's why the Rambam explained this case specifically when the water is moving. It's not because the problem with the water is that it's moving. The problem is that it's she'uvin. But the only reason it becomes she'uvin is because it's disconnected from the Mayan water. And the reason it's disconnected from the Mayan water is because the water is flowing. So there is no connection between the different parts of the water. But says Rab Chaim, there's a problem with this explanation because the only time the Rambam says that flowing water is not a connection only refers to mikvah water as opposed to Mayan water where flowing water is almost the definition of a Mayan. So it is considered a connection. As the Mishnah in the fifth chapter of Mikvah says, Hazochalin kemayan, flowing water is like a spring. So let's say there's a spring of natural water and then the water flows from there like in a river. So that's all considered Mayan spring water in Halacha. So someone who immerses in those flowing waters is like they immersed in a Mayan. The Mishnah contrasts this with dripping water, like rain water, or water that drips out of a spring. So it's not flowing, but it's dripping. So for that water to purify, it has to work like a mikvah, and it all has to be collected in one place. So the Mishnah differentiates between flowing water, which is considered a Mayan, versus dripping water, which is disconnected from the Mayan. And the Rambam picks this up later in Halacha Yud Gimel, water that flows from a spring, that water still has the status of Mayan water for everything. But if it's dripping out of the spring, so it's not flowing from the area of the spring, it's dripping out of there, that water is like a mikvah. And they have to have 40 saw of collected water in order to purify. So the Rambam himself differentiates between water which is flowing out of a Mayan, which is considered connected to the spring, as opposed to water dripping, which is disconnected from the spring. And the same idea he repeats in Halacha 17 in the case of Gal Shinitlash, a wave that crashes onto someone on the shore. So again, the Rambam says that's not considered Mayan water because it's disconnected from the river. So the fact that flowing water is different from the wave that crashes or the water that's dripping and it is considered connected to the Mayan source. So that tells us when it comes to Mayan water, flowing water is considered a connection. When the Rambam said that flowing water is not considered a connection, he was talking about in the realm of mikvah water. So now back to this halacha, Rab Chaim's explanation is not going to work because this halacha is talking about Mayan water. So even if the water is still flowing, it's still considered connected. So we're back to the Rasha's question. Why doesn't the water in the Shokas also purify? Because it's considered connected to the Mayan, even though it's still flowing. So Rab Chaim reformulates his answer to account for the fact that this is a case of Mayan. So flowing water ordinarily is considered connected. Says Rab Chaim, in this case it's different because since the water went into a vessel, so now even though the vessel alone can't disqualify the water because it is connected to a Mayan, so it's not considered she'uvin even though it's in a vessel because the connection to the Mayan water means that this water still purifies. 
But that's on a theoretical level because the fact that it went into the shokes does weaken the water. So even though it's considered connected to the Mayan, but it itself does not have the status of Mayan water. So there's a middle step. Even though the water is connected to the Mayan, it itself is not Mayan water, meaning not necessarily because the water is connected to the original source of the water, the spring water, is it itself considered Mayan water. The water could purify because it's connected to a Mayan, but it itself does not have the status of Mayan water. It's considered like mikvah water, except since it's connected to the Mayan, so it would purify even though it's in a vessel. So now that we understand there's a difference between water that's connected to the Mayan versus the Mayan water itself. So now Rab Chaim adds in the second step. Since this water has the status of mikvah water, so now if it's flowing, it no longer connects the water in the shokes with the water in the Mayan because mikvah water that's flowing is not considered a connection. So now the fact that the water is moving does disconnect it from the Mayan. So that's why the Rambam includes both of these components in this halacha because it's only a combination of the two of them that disqualifies the water. If it was only in a vessel but it wasn't moving, that would not disqualify the water. It would not be considered she'uvin because the water in the shokes would still connect with the mayan. So it would still have the ability to purify. And if the water were only moving, but it was not in the shokes, so that would clearly not be disqualified because flowing water from a mayan does purify. It's only the combination of both of them together that disqualifies this water. Since it's she'uvin because it went into a vessel, so it's no longer considered considered Mayan water, it gets downgraded, so it's considered mikvah water that's connected to the Mayan, so it could still purify. But once it got downgraded and now it's considered mikvah water, so the fact that it's flowing does create a disconnect, so now it's not even connected to the Mayan, and that's why it's totally disqualified. So according to this formulation, even though part of the reason why this water is disqualified is because it went into a vessel, but a major part of the reason is because it is still flowing. If it would be Ashboren and not moving, so then in fact it would purify because it would be considered connected to the Mayan. So even the water in the Shokes would purify. So that's why the Rambam specifies only if the water is flowing is it disqualified, but if it's gathered together, it's not moving, so then it would purify. But now Rab Chaim questions this middle level that he developed that Mayan water that goes into a vessel is considered mikvah water, but it still purifies. So it's not considered she'uvin because it's still connected to the Mayan, so it still purifies. But even though it purifies, it's not considered fully Mayan water. So Rab Chaim wonders whether this middle level can actually exist. And in fact, the Mishnah itself seems to indicate that it does not because the next case in the Mishnah is Haviro Algav Safa Kolshahu. If the Mayan water goes on the edge of the river, so it leaves the area of the Mayan and it goes up on the edge even a little bit. So the Mishnah rules, Kashar Chutzala, even that little bit purifies Shahamayan Metaher Bekolshahu. Because the Mayan purifies even with a little bit, it does not require a measurement of 40 saw. So even this little bit of water on the river edge is considered connected to the overall Mayan. So 
So even a little bit purifies. So we see from this Mishnah that even water, which is not considered in the Mayan, it's not flowing with the rest of the Mayan water, it's outside of the Mayan, but since it's considered connected to the Mayan, so it has the halachas of a Mayan. So this goes against Rab Chaim's idea that water that's connected to the Mayan has the status of a mikvah. Here the Mishnah seems to say that it's fully a Mayan. So Rab Chaim defends his initial formulation based on the view of Rab Yossi. The Mishnah in the next Mishnah, chapter 5, Mishnah 2, quotes, If the water goes over a vessel, so not inside the vessel, but it travels over the vessel or over a bench, so Rabbi Yehuda Omer Harehu Rabbi Yehuda holds that it's still considered Mayan water with all the halachas of a Mayan. Rabbi Yossi Omer Harehu Rabbi Yossi holds that that water is transformed into mikvah water. So Rabbi Yossi is saying the same idea that Rabbi Chaim suggested that there is Mayan water which loses its status and gets downgraded to mikvah water. Now the way Rabbi Chaim explains this is based on another Mishnah later in that chapter. The Mishnah that that Rab Chaim had quoted earlier said that water of a Mayan that's flowing is all considered Mayan water, but if it's dripping, it becomes mikvah water. So now the Mishnah deals with the case of notfin sha'asan zochlin. If there were drips of water which were gathered, so this was a valid mikvah, all the water was gathered in one place, and then it broke through, so now it's flowing. So Rabbi Yehuda suggests somech afilu makel afilu kane, he could block the flow even with a stick or a reed. So any way that he stops the flow of this water, it reverts back to being considered gathered. So now it's a valid mikvah and even a zav and a zava could immerse in it. So that's the view of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yossi Omer kol Rabbi Yossi disagrees and he holds that the water has to be blocked from moving using something which is not mikabel tuma, a vessel which cannot become tame. So Rabbi Yossi agrees overall with the plan of Rabbi Yehuda that the water that's flowing has to be blocked so it stops moving and then it reverts to being a valid mikvah. But according to Rabbi Yossi, that process can only be done using something which cannot become tame itself. A vessel which is mikabel tuma cannot block the moving water. Now the Rambam has an interesting interpretation of this case. He explains that it's it's not just talking about mikvah water that started running. It's talking about where he took something and connected the mikvah water with the Mayan. So it's not just moving, flowing water. It's actually water which had been a mikvah, which is now connected to a Mayan. So the fact that it's flowing is not an issue. The only issue is how to connect this water properly with the Mayan. In order for it to purify, it has to have a real connection to the Mayan. So that is the debate between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi, not how to block moving water and turn it into a mikvah, but how to connect the moving water to the Mayan water. So according to Rabbi Yudah, that can be done with any vessel, and Rabbi Yossi limits it only to a vessel which itself is tahor. Anything that's mikabel tuma cannot connect water to a so that's the debate between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi according to the way the Rambam reads this. According to Rabbi Yehuda, any vessel creates a connection between detached water and the Mayan, whereas according to Rabbi Yossi, that connection must be created through a vessel which itself is tahor, as the Gemara in Zvachim Chavhei says, Ba'inan Havayosan Ayidei Tahara. Creating the mikvah or the Mayan has to be done through a vessel which itself is tahor. So now if we apply 
apply this back to the first debate of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda, says Rabbi Chaim, we'll see that it's the same debate. Both Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda are l'shitasam, because Rabbi Yehuda who holds that Mayan water can be created through any vessel, so the same is true of this Mayan water that traveled over a vessel or a bench. Even so, it's still connected to the original Mayan, so it remains Mayan water, as opposed to Rabbi Yossi who holds that if the vessel is Mechabal Tuma, it breaks the Mayan water. So in this case too, where the Mayan water travels over the vessel, it loses its status of Mayan water. It's now disconnected from the original Mayan. So instead it becomes mikvah water. So now that we understand the view of Rabbi Yossi, if we apply this back to the Rambam, so this defends Rab Chaim's original explanation, because this is an instance where Mayan water changes into mikvah water. So there is such a concept where the water gets downgraded in status. Now, even though the Mishnah has a case where the Mayan water goes on the edge of the river and it remains Mayan water, but according to Rabbi Yossi, the distinction now is clear because that's talking about land, which is not Mechabal Tumah, so it doesn't break between the water and the Mayan. So it's still considered connected to the Mayan. So it has all the halachas of Mayan water, as opposed to the Shokes, where we'd have to say the case is a stone vessel, a Shokes that is Mechabal Tumah, so that's why when the water travels inside of there, it breaks between the water and the Mayan, and it now becomes mikvah water. It gets downgraded. So basically, the view of Rabbi Yossi is that Mayan water that comes in contact with a kli that's mikabal tumah loses its status as Mayan water, and it becomes mikvah water. And that's how the Rambam understands this case of the Mishnah. So that's why he says the only reason the water is totally disqualified, it's not still mikvah water, which is connected to the Mayan, but this water is even worse. It's totally disqualified because it's still moving. So that breaks entirely between the mikvah water in the shokes and the original Mayan water. But if the water itself was not moving, so then the water in the shokes is still connected to the Mayan and it would purify even though it's in a vessel. So that explains the ruling of the Rambam because according to Rabbi Yossi, there is this middle level where the water is no longer full Mayan water, but it's not Sha'uvin either, it's considered mikvah water that if it's standing still, it connects with the Mayan, and if it's moving, then it's a total break between the water and the Mayan. But says Rab Chaim, there is still a problem because this is not actually an exact application of Rabbi Yossi's view. We could still say that according to Rabbi Yossi, Mayan water, which comes in contact with the Kli that's Mikabel Tumah, totally loses its status completely. It's not downgraded to being mikvah water. It's nothing. It's totally disqualified. Now, even though Rabbi Yossi said that the water in his case becomes like a mikvah, that actually means something a little different. He doesn't mean that the water on the vessel loses the status of Mayan water and is transformed into mikvah water. Rabbi Yossi means something else, that once the water travels over the vessel and into a valid mikvah, so if on the other side of that vessel is a full valid mikvah, a pit that holds 40 saw, so the water becomes mikvah water, meaning it's not disqualified because of she'uvin, because it never went in the vessel, it only went over the vessel. So Rabbi Yossi does clearly hold that the water is disconnected from the Mayan because it came in contact with a vessel that's mikabal tumah, that much we can prove from Rabbi Yossi, but we still don't see the middle category that the water is transformed 
transformed into mikvah water, all we see from Rabbi Yossi is that if this water ends up in a valid mikvah, so it's not disqualified, and it does purify as a mikvah. But in the middle, when it's traveling over the vessel, Rabbi Yossi never said it's a mikvah water at that point, and since it's connected to the Mayan, so it could purify, that Rabbi Yossi never said. So it could be that even Rabbi Yossi requires, in order to create mikvah water or Mayan water, both of them need a kli that's tahor, nothing that's mikabel toma. So according to Rabbi Yossi, in the case of the shokes, where the water goes into the shokes, so now it's disqualified because of she'uvin, that water would totally lose its status as Mayan water completely. It's totally disqualified, not that it becomes mikvah water. So now we're back to the question on the Rambam. Why does the Rambam say that the water in this case is only disqualified if it continues moving outside the shokes? Even if it's gathered together, it's still disqualified because since this is full Mayim She'uvin, the water went into a vessel, so now it totally lost its status. It's not Mayan water, that's for sure. It's also not mikvah water, so it's totally disqualified She'uvin water, and even if it's then gathered into a mikvah, it's still disqualified. And that's different than the case of Rabiosi, where the water traveled over the vessel, not in the vessel. So in the case of the Shokas, even if the water is gathered, it should still be disqualified. And why does the Rambam say only if it's still traveling, the water is disqualified? Because then there's a break between the Mayan and this water. The implication being that if the water is gathered in one place, it connects back with the Mayan and it would purify. So again, we're back to the same question. We don't see in Rabiosi this middle level of Mayan water that loses its status and transforms into mikvah water. But rather, even within Rabiosi, we could read that even to create mikvah water requires a valid kli that cannot become tameh. So how do we make sense of the Rambam? So says Rab Chaim, even though this would have been a valid understanding of Rabbi Yossi, but the Rambam must have understood Rabbi Yossi in the first way, that Rabbi Yossi limits the requirement of a kli tahor to create mayan water. But to create mikvah water, it does not require a kli tahor. Any vessel is able to create mikvah water. So that's that's why according to Rabbi Yossi, when Mayan water travels over or in a Kli that's Mikabel Toma, so it loses its status as Mayan water, that's for sure, because it's no longer connected to the Mayan, but now it becomes Mikvah water because Mikvah water does not require a Kli Tahor. Now, Rab Chaim suggests two reasons for this difference. One is technical, that the halacha of ba'inan havayosan ayide tahara, that in order to create the mayan, it requires a kli tahor, was only said in regard to mayan, not for mikvah water. So this is a technical approach, that this is just how the halacha was formulated. It's not a requirement to create a mikvah water. Then says Rab Chaim a more conceptual approach, which is that there is a key difference between a mayan versus a mikvah. In order to make water Mayan water, it has to actively be made into Mayan water. That's not a passive process as opposed to mikvah, which is totally passive. In order to be part of a mikvah, the water doesn't need to change status.
status at all. It just needs to be collected into one place. That's all that's necessary to create a mikvah. So the difference between mayan and mikvah is that in order to turn water into mayan water, it has to get the status of mayan water. Other than that, it's just regular water. As opposed to mikvah water, which is regular water. It's just all gathered in one place, so that turns it into a mikvah. But there is no change in status to the water itself. So that's why when it comes to mayan, there has to be a real connection between the water and the mayan. Otherwise, this water does not become mayan water. So that's why it requires a kli tahar, as opposed to a mikvah, which does not require a real connection between the water. It just all has to be in the same place, so it doesn't matter what kind of kli it is, even a kli that's mikabal tuma. but if the water is gathered inside of it and it's 40 saw, so that automatically becomes a mikvah. So that explains the difference conceptually why to create a mayan requires a kli tahar, which is not necessary for mikvah. So now, if that was the approach of the Rambam, so that explains this halacha, if the Mayan water goes into the shokes, so it becomes mikvah water, because since the water went into a kli that's mikabal tuma, so it loses the status of Mayan water, but that's not enough to lose the status of mikvah water. So now it's mikvah water, and since it connects with the Mayan, so it would still purify. The only reason it loses the ability to purify is because since it's still flowing, and since it's now considered mikvah water, so flowing breaks the whole connection. So now it's not connected any longer to the Mayan, so now it's totally disqualified. So this makes sense of Rab Chaim's whole approach to explain the Rambam. So now in the second half of this piece, beginning with paragraph 5, Rab Chaim reinforces this conceptual idea based on an analysis of the Gemara in Zvachim Hey. The Gemara quotes a Mishnah in Para, Nasan Yado O Raglo O Ale Yirakos Kdeshiyavru Mayim Lechavis. If the person is creating the Para Aduma water and they use their hand or their legs or the leaf of a vegetable to get the water into the barrel, so that water is disqualified. But Ale Kanim Ale Egozim, if they use the leaves of reeds or the leaves of nuts, so then the water that they get into the barrel is valid and can be used as the paraduma water. The principle is anything which can become tame disqualifies the water if it gets it into the barrel, and anything which does not become tame does not disqualify the water if it helps get it into the barrel. So then the Gemara asks, what is the source for this halacha that a person or a vessel which could become tame disqualifies the water? So Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan reads into the Pasuk in the Torah that describes mikvah. It says that the Mayan, or the collection of water, the mikvah, yihiyat tahor. So he reads that as saying, that creating the Mayan or the mikvah needs to be done through something tahor. So that's the source for the halacha. Now Rashi explains that the whole case the Gemara is discussing is where the water is not running into the barrel unless the person creates like a slope, a bridge to get the water into the barrel and they use their hand, their leg or the leaf of a vegetable. So a vessel that's makabal tuma. So according to Rashi's interpretation, this water was not going to go into 
into the vessel if not for the slope or the bridge created by the object which is Mechabal Tumah. Otherwise, the water could never have traveled into the barrel. Now, the Rambam in Hilchus Para Vav Ches describes this case differently. Nosen Esachavis Bamayim, he placed the barrel into the water. And then he pushed the water in with his hands or his legs or the leaf of a vegetable so that the water would go into the barrel. So So that disqualifies the water. Similarly, says the Rambam, if he put his hand or his leg or the vegetable leaf in the water, to push the water up, and then they would spill into the barrel, so that again disqualifies it. And then the Rambam quotes the rule that any object which could become if it helped the water to go into the vessel, it disqualifies the water. So the Rambam explains that the water actually comes directly from the Mayan into the vessel, but since something which could become Tame plays a role in helping or pushing the water into the barrel so that still disqualifies the water. So this is different than Rashi. According to Rashi, the water does not go directly from the Mayan into the barrel. It goes from the Mayan into the object or the person which could become Tameh and then from there into the barrel. So that's when it's disqualified. Whereas according to the Rambam, even though it goes directly from the Mayan right into the Chavis, since it was pushed along by something which could become Tameh, that still disqualifies it. So why did the Rambam interpret this case more simply like Rashi. That seems like the simpler application of this halacha that when the person or the object that becomes Tameh literally brought the water into the barrel so it disqualifies it. How does the Rambam know that even if the object which could become Tameh helps or pushes along the water from the Mayan into the barrel, that also disqualifies it. How did he know to go one step beyond how Rashi explained it? Says Rav Chaim, the Rambam read the Gemara there very carefully, and in the Gemara he found this idea. The next line in the Gemara is This halacha implies that the airspace of a vessel is like the vessel itself. So what he means to say is that if we say the airspace is different from the vessel, so even though this water comes into the barrel through something which is Mechabal Tumah, but technically it comes in from the airspace of that object. So it didn't actually come in from something that's Mechabal Tumah. It came in from airspace. So the water should not be disqualified. So we see from the fact that the water is disqualified that the airspace is like the vessel itself. So since the vessel is something that does become the airspace likewise has the same status and the water that comes from that airspace is disqualified. Now, according to Rashi, this does not seem to follow because according to Rashi, the water goes from the Mayan into the object that's Mechabal Toma and then into the vessel. So there's a break between the Mayan itself and the vessel that the water ends up in. Now the halacha is Mayim Chaim El Keli, that the natural water could go into a vessel, but it needs to be considered natural water as it's going into the vessel. So while the vessel is being filled up, the water has to have the status of being natural water. Now according to Rashi, that is not true in this 
this case. Because even if we say that the water comes from the airspace of this object, that's Mechabal Toma, but even so, what's enabling the water to go into the vessel is something which is Mechabal Toma, so that's not Mayim Chaim, that's not natural water at that point. It's traveling through the mechanism of something which is Mechabal Toma, even if it's technically coming from the airspace. So according to Rashi, it shouldn't matter whether the water comes through the vessel or through the airspace, either way it disqualifies the water because it doesn't meet the criteria of Mayim Chaim. It's not natural water when it's finally filling up the barrel at the end of the process. So that's why the Rambam said, if the Gemara is saying that if the airspace would be distinct from the vessel itself, so then the water going into the barrel is still considered living natural water while it's filling up the barrel, the case must be where it's not going through an intermediary, it's not traveling over an object that's Mechabal Toma to get to the barrel, it's going directly into the barrel. So what does it mean that an object that's Mechabal Toma is helping it get into the barrel? It means that it's creating force or velocity, something that pushes the water into the barrel and still that disqualifies the water. So that proves that the airspace of the vessel is like the vessel itself. Because if the airspace is different, so by the time the water gets into the airspace of the barrel and then it falls into the barrel, so it's no longer being assisted from the airspace of the barrel into the bottom of the barrel from something which is Mechabal Tumah. Those are two different locations. So that would not disqualify the water, even though the object that's Mechabal Tumah helped to get the water into the airspace of the barrel, but it didn't get it into the barrel itself. So the water would be valid. So since the water in this case is disqualified, that proves that the airspace of the barrel is like the bottom of the barrel, the vessel itself. So once the object that's Mechabal Tumah pushed the water into the airspace of the barrel, that disqualifies the water as if it was pushed into the barrel itself. So this is now water which got into the barrel through using an object which is Mechabal Tuma. So that's why the water is disqualified. So that's how the Rambam made sense of this Gemara and that's why he interpreted the case where the object that's Mechabal Tuma helped to move the water into the airspace of the barrel. So now says Rab Chaim, this is a very nice reading of the Gemara according to the Rambam. But what about Rashi? We're left with a question. According to Rashi, what is the proof that the airspace of a vessel must be like the vessel itself if either way this water would be disqualified? Because since it came through an object that's Mechabal Tuma, it was not considered Mayim Chaim, natural water at that point. So Rab Chaim answers according to Rashi based on the halachas of purifying in a wave. The Gemara in Chagiga Yutes says matbilin berushin ve'ein matbilin bekipin. The side of a wave, meaning where the wave crashes, does purify. You could immerse in there, but not in the middle of the wave where it rises. So the middle part of the wave is considered avir. It's like the person is immersing in air, so that does not purify. But the side of the wave is like immersing in water, so that purifies them. Now the way the Rambam formulates this later in Halacha Yudches is l'fisha'in matbilin b'zochalin kal v'chomer ba'avir that a person cannot immerse in moving water so the wave is considered traveling flowing water so the person can't immerse in it and kal v'chomer certainly not in airspace. So the fact that the Rambam holds there's a problem of zochalin of flowing water when it comes to a wave so he must hold that a wave is considered disconnected from the ocean which is a mayan because if it was 
connected, so it doesn't matter if it's flowing. If it's a Mayan, even flowing water purifies. So the fact that the Rambam says a wave cannot purify when it's moving indicates that he holds the wave is considered disconnected from the ocean water. But says Rab Chaim, the Rashba in the Torah Sabayis at the beginning of Hilchus Mikvos quotes from Rabbeinu Tam that he held that for a person to purify in a Mayan, it does require 40 sa'a. So the leniency that a Mayan does not have a measurement only applies to vessels, but for a person to be purified by a Mayan, it does need to have a measurement of 40 sa'a, just like a mikvah. And the proof, Rabbeinu Tam says, is the Mishnah in the fifth chapter of mikvahos, gal shenitlash ubo arboim sa'a, a wave that crashes on a person or a vessel, and it has 40 sa'a, so the person and the vessel are purified. So Rabbeinu Tam says, we see from this Mishnah that in order for the wave to purify, it has to have 40 sa'a. So from that, we see that a Mayan only purifies a person if it has 40 sa'a. Says Rab Chaim, Rabbeinu Tam's whole proof that we can learn out that a Mayan always requires 40 sa'a from the case of a wave shows that a wave is considered a Mayan. So unlike the Rambam who says that a wave is disconnected from a Mayan, it's considered like mikvah water, not Mayan water. According to Rabbeinu Tam, the wave is still considered connected to the Mayan. So the person purifying in a wave is like they're purifying in a Mayan. So now says Rab Chaim, if we take the view of Rabbeinu Tam and we apply it to the cases so far in this discussion, so we'll see that Rabbeinu Tam has a whole different perspective. There was the Mishnah of Notfin Sha'asan Zochlin. If someone takes mikvah water and turns them into flowing water. So the Rambam explained that the case is that the person is trying to turn the mikvah water back into Mayan water by connecting it with the Mayan. So that can only be done through a Tahor, but a Kli Shemekabel Toma cannot create the connection between the water and the Mayan. That was how the Rambam interpreted the Halacha in that case. But that's only according to the Rambam's perspective that water which is disconnected from a Mayan loses the status of Mayan water. So the only way to reconnect that water with the Mayan is to do it properly through a Kli Tahor. But if it's connected through a Kli that's Mekabel Toma so that itself disqualifies the water. The water can't be now considered connected back to the Mayan through a Klishimakabaltuma, so instead it's disqualified. But this is all according to the Rambam's view that this water to begin with lost the status of Mayan water once it was disconnected from the Mayan. Whereas according to Rabbeinu Tam, even once the water is disconnected from the Mayan, like the case of the wave, it still retains the status of Mayan water. So in this case of the Rambam, even if the water is reconnected to the Mayan through a Klishimakabal Tuma, so that does not disqualify the water. It is considered Mayan water because it never lost that status to begin with. So it doesn't matter that it was only reconnected through a Kli that's Mekabal Tuma because since it never lost the Mayan status to begin with, so it's irrelevant which type of vessel reconnected it to the Mayan. It did not need to be connected at all to the Mayan. So in that case, the water is still valid and it's considered Mayan water. 
So now Rab Chaim very brilliantly ties this together. Based on the view of Rabbeinu Tam, Rashi is going to make sense. Because the Gemara earlier there in Zvachim says, Rab Asi Rab Yochanan. Rab Asi asked Rab Yochanan, Avir dami. Let's say something is in the air and it's not going to settle. So is that considered like it's settled? So he brought him a proof from the Brisa, Chavis Shimunachas Tachas Hazinok, Maim Shibisochav Shibchutzala Psulin. If there's a barrel under a pipe, so the water that's in the barrel or in the airspace of the barrel is all disqualified. So we see that even the airspace of the vessel disqualifies the water, even if it doesn't settle inside the vessel. So the implication of this Gemara is that if the airspace is considered separate from the vessel itself, so the water in the airspace is not disqualified as if it's in the vessel itself. Only because the airspace is like the vessel itself, that's why the water in the airspace is disqualified. So now, if we combine this idea with Rabbeinu Tam, so it means that if the airspace is a separate space, different from the vessel, so the water in the airspace not only is not disqualified, but it's even considered mayim chayim. It still has the status of natural water because according to Rabbeinu Tam, water disconnected from the mayim, doesn't lose its status. So the water in the airspace of the vessel could still be considered natural water. So according to Rabbeinu Tam, whether the water in the airspace of the vessel is considered mayim chayim or not depends on this issue of whether avir kli, the airspace of the vessel, is like the vessel itself. So now this explains the Gemara's proof according to Rashi. The Gemara is saying that if the airspace is not like the vessel, so then even though the person used their hand or foot or the vegetable leaf to create a bridge to allow the water to go into the barrel, that still doesn't disqualify the water because there's two reasons why the water might be disqualified. One is that since it didn't come directly from the natural water, it came in through an object that's so that creates a break between the natural water versus the water that finally ended up in the barrel. And in order for the water to be valid, it has to be filled up as natural water. So that would be one issue. Now, according to Rabbeinu Tam, that's not an issue because at the moment the water was traveling into the barrel, it was still considered Mayim Chaim. Rabbeinu Tam says that the water does not lose its status by being disconnected from the Mayan. So the water traveling into the barrel is still Mayim Chaim. And even though it comes in through an object that's Mechabal Tumah, it doesn't make a difference. That was Rab Chaim's whole point before, that since the water is considered Mayan water, water, it's irrelevant how it reconnects with the Mayan because it doesn't even need to reconnect at all. So the same thing here. It's irrelevant how the water got into the barrel. It's still considered Mayim Chaim that at the moment when it came in, it was Mayim Chaim. So according to Rabbeinu Tam, the real issue here is that since this water came into the barrel through an object that's Mechabal Tumah, that itself should disqualify the water because any water that comes in through an object that's Mechabal Tumah is disqualified. So that's the real issue with this water in the barrel. But again, that's going to depend on the issue of whether the airspace of the vessel is like the vessel. If the airspace is considered something separate, so then this water is valid because it comes to the 
airspace of the vessel through an object that's Mechabal Tumah. That much is true. But by the time it gets to the airspace of the vessel, it still retains the status of Mayim Chayim. According to Rabbeinu Tam, it did not lose that status. And then it falls in from the airspace to the bottom of the vessel. So at that point, there's no problem at all because it comes from the airspace of the vessel into the vessel itself on its own without any help from an object that's Mechabal Tumah. So it's basically as if there would be Mayim Chayim in the airspace of a vessel and it would fall into the vessel. So that's valid water. So that's why the Gemara says the only reason this water is disqualified is because Avir Kli Kikli, the airspace of the vessel is like the vessel. So since the object that's Mechabal Tumah, the person or the vegetable leaf helped the water to get to the airspace of the barrel that immediately disqualified the water. So that proves that the airspace of the vessel is like the vessel. Otherwise, this water would be valid. So basically, Rab Chaim is interpreting this Gemara, even according to Rashi, in line with the way he explained it according to the Rambam. The Gemara is not saying, according to either Rashi or the Rambam, that the proof is that the airspace of the person's hand or foot is not like the vessel, meaning their hand or foot itself. That was the way Rab Chaim had initially explained it according to Rashi. But now he's shown the problems with that. So the proof of the Gemara is from the airspace of the barrel. That if the airspace is disconnected from the barrel, so then there's no problem in this case because the object that's Mechabal Tumah only helped the water to get to the airspace. But then the water got on its own from the airspace to the barrel itself. So it must be that the airspace of the barrel is like the barrel itself. Now how exactly to formulate this is going to depend on Rashi and the Rambam. Rashi holds like Rabbeinu Tam that the water that's disconnected from the Mayan does not lose its status. So that's why the only reason this water could get disqualified is because it came into the airspace through something which is Mechabal Tumah. So that's how Rashi interprets this whole Gemara. The Rambam, on the other hand, disagrees with the whole fundamental idea of Rabbeinu Tam that even disconnected water retains the status of Mayan water. And according to the Rambam, disconnected water loses the status of Mayan water. So according to the Rambam, there's a different way to explain the proof of the Gemara, which is that if the water would travel through the object that's Mechabal Tumah, so it goes over the person's hand or foot in order to go into the vessel, so that would automatically be disqualified because it loses its status of Mayim Chaim at that point. So the water that's coming into the barrel is not coming directly from Mayim Chaim. It's been disconnected, so it lost its status. So that would be disqualified. So the fact that the Gemara says the issue here is because it came in through something that's Mechabal Tumah and it depends on Avir Kli Kekli Dami, says the Rambam, it must be a different case. Not where there was a break and and the water traveled over the person's hand or foot, but rather the person's hand or foot pushed the water directly from the Mayan into the barrel. And still it's disqualified even though it came directly from the Mayan into the vessel because it was pushed in by something that's Mechabal Tumah and that itself disqualifies the water. So that's why it depends on Avir Kli Kli Dami because otherwise the object that's Mechabal Tumah only pushed the water into the airspace of the barrel, not into the barrel itself. So again, the barrel should not be disqualified because it's coming directly 
directly from the Mayan, and then it went on its own into the barrel. So we see from here that Avir Kli Kikli, that the airspace of the barrel is like the barrel itself. So when the person pushes the water from the Mayan into the airspace of the barrel, it immediately disqualified the water. So that's the way to make sense of this Gemara, according to the view of Rashi and the Rambam. And it centers on a few issues, but primarily this question of whether the water that's disconnected from a Mayan loses or retains its status. So now in the final short paragraph, Rab Chaim pulls all of this together and he says that we see from both Rashi and the Rambam that if an object that's Mechabal Tumah helps move along the water, it disqualifies it. Now this seems to contradict the Mishnah in Mikvos, Hey Vav, Umodim Shehu Goder Bahen. The Mishnah says that you can create a Mikvah which needs to be Ashboren, so the water has to be gathered together. You could create it by building a wall of vessels around the water. So if the wall of vessels keeps the water intact, that is a valid mikvah. Now that seems to contradict what Rashi and the Rambam taught us because those vessels are a davar shemikabal tumah. They do become tameh. And even though they're holding the mikvah water together, it's still considered a valid mikvah. But what about the idea that if the water is being held or pushed by something that's mikabal tumah, it disqualifies the water. So in this case of the mikvah with a wall of vessels, why is the water not disqualified? Because those vessels are things that are mikabal tumah. So says Rab Chaim, this is a proof to his whole idea in the Rambam that the whole halacha of Havayosan Aidei Tahara Tehei, that the connection of the water to the Mayan has to be through a Kli Tahor, is limited only to Mayan water. It does not apply to Mikvah water. That was the whole idea in the Rambam, that in order to create a Mayan, it requires only a Kli Tahor. But in order to create Mikvah water, which is not an actual status, it's just water that's held together, so that can be done through a Kli Tahor, or even a vessel which is Mikabal Toma. So that's the distinction between a Mayan and a Mikvah. That's why Rashi and the Rambam's whole discussion about a Dover Shemikabal Toma disqualifying the water only applies to Mayan water. It does not apply to Mikvah water. So that's why the Mikvah with a wall of vessels is still valid, because a Kli Shemikabal Toma does not disqualify a Mikvah. So back to the original Rambam, this answers the question that Rab Chaim began with based on his idea that if the Mayan water goes into a vessel, even though it loses the status of a Mayan because it's now Sha'uvin, it's in a vessel, so it's no longer Mayan water, but it's now transformed into Mikvah water because the vessel does not disqualify the Mikvah status. So this water is now considered Mikvah water. And if it connects back to the Mayan, so if it's standing still and connects with the Mayan, then it would purify. The only reason it doesn't purify in this halacha, says the Rambam, is because since the water is flowing, so it's disconnected from the Mayan, because mikvah water that's moving is considered disconnected. So once it's disconnected from the Mayan, then it's totally disqualified. So this is Rab Chaim's piece to explain the Rambam. The key conceptual point is this distinction between Mayan water versus mikvah water. That Mayan water is an actual status, whereas mikvah water is just 40 saw of regular water that's gathered together. In addition, Rab Chaim develops the debate between the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam whether water that's disconnected from a Mayan retains its status as Mayan water or not. And also Rab Chaim develops this middle status 
that even if water is disconnected from the Mayan, it can be transformed into mikvah water. So it doesn't necessarily become totally disqualified through She'uvin unless there's something also disconnecting this new mikvah water from the Mayan water. Now, the Chazon Ish, in his marginal comments, has a few points that he takes issue with this piece in Reb Chaim. And in the back of the Or Olam edition, they quote from Reb Michal Feinstein that in a few places he tries to address some of these questions of the Chazon Ish. So there's a nice back and forth between the Chazon Ish and Reb Michal Feinstein over some of these pieces. And I'm not going to go through the more technical ones, but just some of the broader issues. First, the Chazon Ish raises a very powerful question on Reb Chaim's whole approach which is that the whole thing is based on this halacha in the Rambam where the Mayan water travels into the shokes, the stone vessel, and then it travels outside of it. And at that point, the water is traveling. So Rab Chaim explains that if the water would be still, so then it would connect back with the Mayan and then the water in the shokes would purify. Says the Chazon Ish, the water that the Rambam is talking about when he says that it's traveling is the water outside of the shokes on the other side, going away from the Mayan. So who cares about that water? There's still water that's flowing between the Mayan and the shokes water itself, and that water is a connection. That's what Rab Chaim says, that when it comes to Mayan water, even if it's Zochalin, it creates a connection. So the water going between the Mayan and the shokes should connect the water in the shokes with the Mayan, so the shokes water should purify. What does it matter that the water flowing outside of the shokes, going away from the Mayan, is still moving? So that will disqualify that water, but it shouldn't have any effect on the water in the shokes. So this is a very powerful question. In addition, the Chazon Ish questions Rab Chaim's whole debate that he creates, that the Rambam holds that water that separates from a Mayan loses its status, and Rabbeinu Tam disagrees. Now, this is based on the Rambam at the end of this chapter, where he says that a wave that crashes onto the land, so once it crashes and the water comes down, so at that point the water can purify, but when the wave is in the air, the water does not purify. Now, the simple distinction seems to be that when the water is in the air, so a person can't immerse in the air, but once the wave crashes to the ground, so then a person could immerse in that. But the Rambam adds in a strange phrase that a person cannot immerse in the wave water because it's zochalin, it's traveling. So Rab Chaim points out that this seems to imply that according to the Rambam, the wave water is considered disconnected from the Mayan because otherwise it doesn't matter if it's moving. Mayan water, which is flowing, still purifies. Now the Chazonish points out that the Kesef Mishnah on that halacha has a long discussion of precisely this point, and he concludes the other way, that even the Rambam agrees that the wave water is still considered Mayan water. It does not lose its status. So the Kesef Mishnah sees the Rambam's view differently in agreement with Rabbeinu Tam, that even when the water detaches from the Mayan, it's still considered Mayan Mayan water. So that's the first point. Then he argues that everybody, even Rabbeinu Tam, is going to agree that when it comes to the para aduma water, the ashes of the red cow that are mixed in the water, there the rules are stricter. And if the water detaches from the Mayim Chaim, it loses that status. So according to the Chazonish, there is no grand debate between the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam over this issue. Both of them agree that when it comes to Mayan water to immerse and purify, 
Sarfai, even if it detaches from the water, it still has the status of a Mayan. And when it comes to the Para Aduma water, if the water detaches, it loses the Mayim Chaim status. Now, interestingly, the Chazon Ish does quote that the kernel of Rab Chaim's whole approach, that the halacha, that the water needs to be created through a Kli Tahor, only applies to a Mayan, not to Mikvah water. So that already appears in the Chuvas Harash. So this is an amazing source for this piece because it shows that this idea was already in the tshuvas of one of the major Rishonim, the Rush, and that's how he explains the Rambam. So Reb Chaim is certainly traveling on the right road in this piece. Now, Reb Michal Feinstein responds to the Chazon Isha's big question on this piece, and he says very simply that according to Reb Chaim, since the shokas is considered a vessel, so the water is she'uvin, so that water is disqualified unless it can Connects back with the Mayan. Now there's water going between the Mayan and the Shokas. So the Chazon Ish assumes that that water has the status of the Mayan, and even though it's moving, it still creates a connection. But Rab Michal Feinstein says that according to Rab Chaim, it has the status of the Shokas. And since that's Sha'uvin, so it lost the status of a Mayan, it's considered a mikvah. So the water moving back and forth does not create a connection. So that's why the water in the Shokas is also disqualified. So as as I said, there's a few other points that Rabbi Michal Feinstein and the Chazonish discuss, but those are some of the broader issues that they raise about this piece.